Welcome to the Dow Factor. I'm your host, Lisa Yu. I'm a tech investor, entrepreneur, and speaker that got into crypto in 2017. This podcast will cover crypto, DAOs, Web3 communities, and the key leaders behind them. For those who are new to DAOs, a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization that's taking the world by storm. Today, I'm super excited to introduce to you our guest, Victoria Liu, founder of MingleDAO, a singles community looking to make deep, authentic connections. Their mission is to build intimate and diverse young professionals where we can mingle, build, and grow. And their goal is to make fun memories together. First off, Victoria, what are you most passionate about and what motivates you to wake up every day? Yeah, thank you so much for the intro, Lisa. Um, I think what's really exciting about Mingle is really the transition back to in-person activity and in-person connection. I think a lot of us are very used to a digitized world today. Obviously, like most of the things we do, you know, we used to send mail through letters with stamps. Now we do that with text and same with dating apps. A lot of dating has done online now. And what we really wanted to do was take a step back because, you know, as the DAO and as my co-founder and I kind of experienced this, it's really about really being present and then also understanding the other person to be a human, which goes back to our community values on respect, Mm -hmm. communication, and consent, which I think is so important, especially as also uh, two female co-founders, we've experienced the world and maybe some unsavory moments. And we think, you know, these values are very important to the ethos of all of our events, you know, all of our kind of processing. And for us, that's what's really exciting is, you know, helping everyone reevaluate what in-person connection can look like. Yes, I love that. And what inspired you to start this? Have you always been kind of a little bit of a matchmaker yourself? I would say maybe. On occasion, it felt like when the moment, you know, I'm always thinking about people. I think um, Jenny and I both have that together and that we're always like, oh, like this person is X, Y, Z. And we care a lot for other people. And of course, like I think part of life is almost this natural desire to connect with one special person. Or, you know, if you're polygamous, that's also another um, another avenue. But yeah, I think we're always interested in terms of just bringing people together, not necessarily matching you, right? Like the focus of Mingle is also not to match you with a specific person. I don't think me or an algorithm should be the judge of who you vibe best with, who you want to spend your next you know, year with, who you want to vacation with. But what we can do is give you opportunities to meet new people. This actually goes back to something I really noticed once I moved to New York was that, yeah, singles are very much cut out of you know, many events, once you move into like, you know, past your undergrad stage and very much like, I would say 25 and on, there becomes a steady like kind of attrition in social circles. And what we're really trying to do is address that by providing an opportunity for people to access, you know, a curated community with trusted people, trusted values, that's always going to bring fun to the table and that wants to bring real connection. Well, that's why it's called mingle down. Not yes, we're ready to mingle. You're, you're not trying to match people based on an algorithm, but you're just giving people almost like a chance opportunity to meet each other. Yeah, and exactly. Through, through mingling, they can decide like, is this someone you want 
to date, to work with, to travel with, right? There's, there's a whole wide range of, of connections and relationships that can be formed. And it sounds like you just want to provide that space. That's exactly it. Safe spaces for our community. Yeah. I love that. And how did you know that this was going to work? Like what gaps did you see, I guess, in the, in the mingle market? Um, and what ways are you looking to solve it? I would say this comes more of personal experience. Jenny and I had relatively short experiences on the apps. You know, you can have, what is it? Micro ghosting. You can have micro ghosting. There's something like, you know, there's something about like being able to not need to confront when something goes wrong when you're, you know, virtual. So there's that. And then the other aspect was really, we actually, this is the fun part, right? The origination of Mingle actually comes from an Instagram story. Jenny was going on a hinge date and she coincidentally like found out that his roommate also was interested in like going on a date. And then she just posted a story and she was like, Hey, like, does any of my friends, do any of my single friends want to join me for a double date dinner? And like, it was like, Oh, dinner is going to be paid for the guys like six, two, uh, works at a hedge fund, something like that. It listed like some characteristics and we like, we were talking about this. She had like so many responses from her female friends who were single. And we were like, oh, like there's a gap in this and that people want to opt in into a trusted community, right? By doing a double date instead of like a single blind date, you're opting in to, you know, kind of bear the trust of Jenny's social network. And that's almost like another aspect to this in that every time someone is joining, it's on kind of the contingency that this person is going to be representative of our community and we do want it to be a trustworthy space. So all of that is kind of the buildup. And then we threw one first event and we mimicked it after Singles Inferno. I don't know if you got to watch the show, but it was very hot. That was fun. And we realized like people do want this kind of experience. Even if you're not here for sexual romantic reasons and you just want to meet new people, and that's still a reason to join. So yeah, that's what we've been mainly chatting over. That's fun. And is there like a filter process? How do you decide who gets to join the DAO? Do you yeah. go through background checks? Like, do you interview each person? Like, how does that work? I think our community is relatively, I think when you look at our app, we have an application. So the first off is like almost the first, you know, layer of trust that we build is when you fill out the application we ask questions on like, what would your best friend say about you in three words? Or, you know, what's your best memory? What's, you know, a form of connection that you desire? You know, what are you looking for when you join the DAO? And the reason why we have this application is for sure, it's similar to what, you know, Hinge and Tinder are doing, but it's just an initial layer, right? It's building up like an initial digital profile of you when we evaluate who is like going to become the first kind of ring in our community. And then in terms of being able to come to physical events, since they are in person and we do want everyone to have a good time, evaluation for attendance is built upon like, you know, how you interact in our Telegram chat. That's really our big community. I know a lot of DAOs operate up Discord. We opted for Telegram just for kind of the intersection of non-crypto as well as crypto because we're not crypto specific. You know, we're open to, you know, any kind of person, any profession, so that was one thing. And then also Telegram feels a little bit more intimate and is a little bit more UI UX friendly. <laughs> we do Instagram lives as well. And that's another way to engage with our community. We answer 
you know, random dating questions. A guy will be like, hey, like, if we got dinner first day, then um, we were scheduled drinks, but she said she might go to something after. Like, what does that mean? Like, where do I sit? Or like more funny stuff. Like, would you still go on a date if you had a pimple? <laughs> Just like random discussions on that, as well as uh, being open about sex life. We think like transparency between our members, our community, and like an at-large audience are really important. It was almost like putting the energy out there, right? If you are able to verbalize what you want mm-hmm. in a relationship or in a friendship, then, you know, people will be able to meet you where you're at. But if you are unable to vocalize that, then mm-hmm. people assume you're okay with, with what they're okay with. And so I think it is what you talked about, consent. Like that's such a really important topic, you know, to discuss because it does have to be come from both sides, a man yeah. or woman. And, you know, as, as, as we've seen different stories, you know, from both sides, like, I think it's mm-hmm. important that, you know, both sides are, are fairly heard and that um, people are able to get, get what they want, but they are also, you know, contributing because this is a community that you're building. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And um, what is your background? Like, what is your relationship status? I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to know, and I'm sure some of the listeners are as well. Yeah, so my background, I grew up in California Bay Area. I moved to New York I think around, oh, exactly like 12 months ago. So it's been a year. And my relationship says, I'm single. I'm ready to mingle. But um, okay. I my personal thing is that I wouldn't date within the DAO. So that's more like, oh. that's for our community. I just like personally, I, I mean, yeah. I think everyone is always very curious because they're like, oh, like, are you looking for someone? Is this why you started it? Um, I would say like Jenny and I have adopted the ethos that our DAO is a community. It's like a very extensive friend circle, I would say. And we all make individual decisions. That's something Jenny wanted to pursue. That's whatever. But for me personally, I wouldn't want to. Um, I do in a certain facet, like would want to keep, I guess, my relationship and my friend group separate. And historically, that's also what I've done. So. Got it. Yeah. Because I mean. You wouldn't want things to get awkward if you dated someone in the DAO and then now you guys are both in the same, you know, voting circle and you have to share governance with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, that is my main <laughs> Yeah. You just want to make sure that this is like a trusted friend group. And what is the demographics of this group? Is it, you know, is there a certain age range, like location wise? Age wise, um, I kind of alluded it earlier, but we are focused on later 20s, all of 30s, and early 40s. And this kind of just comes from the same like social circle attrition. It's really just making it easy and frictionless for someone to meet new people without, you know, I would almost argue like the social tensions of kind of just meeting new people at the bar, meeting new people at the club, park, walking a dog. I think certain things can go wrong when you come to Mingle, you're opting into a community where everyone else has also opted in to spend time with you. And I think that's a very important thing to come in with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And to address the other part, it's really how to say we are, I would argue, relatively Asian focused. Um, Jenny and I are both Asian. We have many Asian friends. It just so happens that most of our network is also part of the DAO. And that's been how it's focused. 
Obviously, we do want to also expand out of New York. Since we're all in person right now, mostly, a lot of our audience that is able to attend our curated experiences do live in Manhattan or like the surrounding boroughs. We are looking to expand to West Coast next, and that's something that's really exciting. But for now, you know, people who are not based in Manhattan can come join through our virtual avenues, which is the Telegram community and then the Instagram community. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, what are some of the core values of MingleDAO as you're building this out? Obviously, it will evolve as the DAO grows and expands into different cities. But what, what would you like to see maintain, like centered? And what values would you like to keep um, while it's being extended and while it's growing? Yeah, so I would say the focus goes back to three main core ones is respect, consent, and communication. I think these are just what a loving community should share as a baseline. I think on top of that, we're very focused on creating collective memories together and growing together. I think one thing that almost like the digitization has changed is that we're less tolerant of when a situation doesn't exactly fit us. You know, we see this on social media a lot. They're just like, oh, well, he just didn't feel like exactly right. Or he had like, my partner or SO just had this one flaw and then it didn't work out. And I think a lot of what Mangle is trying to do is actually build that back up, right? Like think about how to sustain whatever kind of connection you've had with someone, whatever relationship, think how to grow over pains or initial issues because that part is probably key in sustaining a relationship long-term, no matter the kind, like friendship, relationship, marriage, anything. I think it's really about coming back together, even when pieces have fallen back. Rather than nitpicking on the one flaw that someone has, how can you look beyond that and develop human connections? Because, I mean, I'm of the camp that, you know, it's true connections. It's like, if you don't see a flaw in anyone, then you haven't gotten deep enough in the friendship. Right? Mm, I like, think I'd support that. Yeah, it's like you have to, when you get to know someone on a deeper level, you will find flaws. There will be, you know, some things that you have to kind of get used to, like habits, right? Um, you might even have like a fight or a mini fight because it really stirs you know, it, it's like a, a test, right, of the, the friendship and the relationship. If you can actually communicate, like you said, through the problems and the issues and still respect one another. And I think having a community where you can practice those communication skills while you're single will prepare you even better, you know, be, help you be more prepared when it comes time to joining a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd like to say we are the shallow waters <laughs> as well as kind of and just like a support group in general, you know, maybe you don't find your significant other in our community, but maybe it ends up being a friend of someone you met through our community or in some frame. It's really just about connecting, building together kind of a universal standard in how we treat our relationships and then thinking about how to grow together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And are you thinking of like building an app that supports matching or is it more everyone comes together and is it online or is it in person right now? You know, we consider our main experience to be mainly offline, mainly offline in terms of curated experiences. And mm -hmm. so most of the events that we do that are co-ed end up being group dates. We'll do like a group dinner party, group drawing assumptions game. Uh, there will be like casino night. There's a variety of themes that go on. And that's been 
the main ethos is bringing people together in person. I think in person also, you can really appreciate when someone is human, less so when you have a screen or you can only see their text and you can only see their PFP. It's very much more holistic and worldly experience. You know, of course the convenience of digital cannot be denied, but I think in terms of building something sustainable, I would argue that in real life relationships probably last longer. It's almost you're swinging the pendulum back. It's like we've had this season of online dating and now you're bringing back offline dating. And post-COVID everyone's just, you know, definitely hungry for connection. And you're like, hey, let's get together in real life and connect in person, you know, (laughs) what a novel idea, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 for sure. I mean, it is, I think it's tried and true. And I think that's why we wanna bring it back. It's the most universal thing, like to seek an experience from someone else and to share that together. So that collective memory is really important to us. I love that, the collective memory. Yeah. So, you know, with the rise of DAOs, you know, there's now about, 5,000 that DAOs and so many. Over, <laughs> over a million DAO members, right? And But we're still in the very early stages. You know, how are you looking to set the example and, and make this more of a common occurrence? And tell me more about, you know, the DAO structure and, and how you are organizing this DAO specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our DAO is organized through a committee system. Um, I think this is relatively similar to most DAOs actually. I do think it mimics modern government to a certain extent. And I think how to say in terms of, you know, we're very nascent as well. We started out in February. We're still figuring things out as well, but it's really about gathering people who want to do things together. And then, you know, amongst those who wants to help organize, who wants to help drive more membership. Those are things that we're focusing on. In terms of like DAOs in general, I think I think it's really just about proving that the model works. I think whenever there's something new, you always have a little bit of friction on, you know, a common buzzword like product market fit. You know, how do you know what experience you're creating, virtual or in-person, whatever in between, whether or not that's really addressing a market concern or a market need. And we've demonstrated that just by retention. You know, we have like, our retention I think is around, 80 to 90%. I don't recall the stat now since we've grown quite a bit since we do the metrics. How many Um, members now? uh, In our chat, so like our at-large community, we have around 200 to 250 people, I'd say, hovers. I wouldn't use the chat as an example, really. That's more like, you know, engaged reach. I would say our community intimately is probably under 100 people. And that's, that's intentional. I'm, you know, our DAO is not trying to pursue exponential growth. It's not kind of what we've heard from our members in terms of what they want to pursue. And it's not like we want to keep you single either. I think people, when they hear the retention is like, oh, like, so, you know, if you keep on coming back, doesn't that mean you're not like finding success? Or we don't look at it that way at all. Just that's to address what the apps do. They get mm-hmm. you to stay in the app. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, you know, we're the app that's meant to be deleted or we're going to build whatever. But for us, it's even if you've moved on to a relationship, the community is there for you. You know, like you'll have relationship bumps too. community is there for you in terms of, you know, advisory or support in general. And we'll still host, we want to host couple events. That's something we haven't experimented yet. We will, but we are hosting the single gender events and 
you know, that's girls night, you know, married girls come long term relationship girls, single girls like myself, we're all having a great time together because we do want to share experiences with each other. And same thing for the dudes. Um, I haven't left out the guys. They did a just like a pub meetup last time. They might do wine and face masks next time. We might steal that idea from them too. But yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a very face like mask and wine. That sounds really really fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We're very intentional. You know, a lot of work is put into think about our themes, think about how we want to kind of create engagement. I would say a lot of events that I've gone to is you're kind of just expected to show up and then have a good time. And I don't think that's how having a good time actually works. You know, you can bring the party with you, but if everyone else isn't also down to party, there's just not a lot of stuff going on. The intention up front is really key. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. then the people that come, they they have the same intent or the same goal or the same interest in mind. And that creates just an instant connection and there's less of a barrier, right? Mm -hmm. If it's just a random hodgepodge of people getting together and there's there's no plan, there's no goal, there's really no like intention. Exactly. Um, it, it just takes longer. And I thought you, yeah. that you can build deep relationships when you just throw a bunch of people in a room, but um, the intentionality does accelerate uh, relationship building and connections. So that's exactly what you're doing through this DAO. Yeah. And we have organized activities throughout, maybe some things for intentional flirtation, but yeah. Oh. Like, <laughs> Tell me about that. Give me an example. Um, there's just a variety of games that, you know, you can play, like some of them will be a little bit more sexual. Like one of the drawing assumptions games, it's like you like draw a variety of, a variety of like regular kind of day-to-day -day, uh, quotidian icons. And then it ends up being that they reveal something about like your subconscious desires or, you know, wishes out of relationships. So that's been fun. Like a house, for example, which is relatively intuitive, intuitive means like security, windows mean openness, a snake means sex, uh, <laughs> sexual desire. But it's just like a variety of um, different games meant to engage everyone. Very creative. And like, what are the benefits of running this group as a DAO? Why, why not just a meetup or, you know, like a, like a, a mingles, you know, group? What, what's the benefits of having this DAO structure? I think you mentioned a little bit about it earlier, but um, I want to hear, I think some of the listeners want to hear more about why a DAO versus a meetup. Yeah, so I would actually argue we're very different from a meetup in that, again, like it's about a curated experience. So we're much more intentional about the space we're creating, um, the people we're bringing in. And the DAO aspect is also just, we want people to have, you know, have choice. If you want to do X event on Saturday, but you're not sure of which activity, we do like a quick governance vote. You know, we don't have a token yet, but we're already initiating this kind of practice so that it's embodied within the DAO structure itself. So, you know, even if before we organize something, it's very much like, what do you guys want to do on a Friday night? You know, we had a selection. It's like club, uh, bar hopping, karaoke, dinner party. Karaoke ended up winning. And we got to hear like, <laughs> I got to hear a lot of <laughs> singing, myself not included. Oh, okay. Um, and that's how we're incorporating that governance aspect. I think one thing we do foresee is that you know, there is a lot of voting attrition. There's not a lot of interest in voting from a lot of communities that we see in President Yeah, in President Dallas. Everyone, 
everyone wants to have a voice and a vote, but when it's available to them, do they opt out or do they just miss the window? Like, are they just it's busy? Not, or I wouldn't say like, it's our DAO specific. It does happen for certain events, but it's just something I've observed from hearing like other people's, you know, other founders of DAO's experiences is that you can get a lot of stuff going, you can make this available, but it's very much mimicking what we see in life outside of crypto, right? Like, yeah. are like, let's say Gen Just Z, like, don't life. yeah, exactly. People don't vote, even though they have the opportunity to do so. Thinking about how to engage that, how to encourage it, how to make it systemic is going to be a key point for us. Mm, for sure. Some benefits of the DAO is, you know, the ability to, you know, raise money, make decisions together, right? Govern, you know, vote and operate mm. in, in a collaborative way. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like a meetup is like, you just come and take and leave, but a mm -hmm. DAO has a sense of contribution. It has a sense of, you know, you're, 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 you're giving your time, you're voting, you're an active participant yeah. and you're co-owner of the DAO. And so those, those are kind of some of the key differences and what makes it different than just a meetup. Yeah, yeah, I was totally agree. I think it's very much about sustainability and then also contributing to next steps, like growing together, I think is just a very much big feedback loop for the DAO. Yeah. And what are your long-term goals with the DAO? Like, are you, are you playing Cupid? Are you bringing in like relationship coaches and experts to be part of this DAO? You know, are you fostering, you know, connections and conversations that help build relationships? Kind of what are your thoughts of, you know, long-term or near-term growing the DAO, but also long-term growth, like possibly on a global scale and expanding to different cities? Yeah, absolutely. So long-term scale, we definitely want to be in multiple, multiple places. Um, what that actually ends up looking like, if it continues to be in person, maybe it'll be like a variety of spaces in the metaverse, you know, mm -hmm. we're paving that out. But one thing we really want to do is kind of redefine how relationships are defined and then thinking about the like I guess different biases that occur today and kind of removing those you know I can be in a relationship with my best friend for example it doesn't necessarily mean something sexual something romantic something with the desired uh, gender so I think that's something we want to kind of address and then another aspect is of course just scaling in general like what does that look like in terms of internationally what kind of barriers are there how do we create a holistic you know open community that also addresses everyone's individual goals out of joining our DAO so that's long term I would also argue that thinking about how to represent membership you know whether that looks like an NFT token or maybe some new form that's also on the horizon and yeah we want to it's not necessarily going to be always about dating. You know, we're already breaching into just connection with others in general, really fostering that community and growth. And that's something we definitely want to pursue. Right. I mean, building deeper relationships, friendships, you know, platonic friendships too. I mean, these similar skills required for any type of relationships, like you said, communication, you know, respect, boundaries. What has your relationship experience been so kind of moving into more of the relational dating yeah. experience what's your relationship been and what have you found to have worked and not worked in relationships and what lessons have you gathered and kind of what would you be looking for going forward yeah 
I would say I think I have two main ones and they apply regardless whether it's dating or friendship. So one of them is I think both parties need to be very much like willing to make time for each other. It doesn't work when one's yeah, it doesn't work when one's like I think like it's so like intuitive when you hear it. And then when you see it in execution, they're like, oh, like I don't get why they're not so committed. And it's like, oh well, you know, you made certain choices that made it feel like you weren't giving your side of the time, you weren't giving your side of effort and energy. And so I think there's always something there in terms of when you have tensions and expectations, they actually tend to spend, like, I would argue, like spin off from almost like tension in terms of time uh, and like thought process. And then the other one is, this is something we actually want to address because it's, I think, a pure play from dating apps or social media in general. Uh, Obviously, I'm a big user, but something that has spawned off of it that I am also a victim of is, or like, I guess like user of is perceived optionality. You know, a lot of people will come to us saying like, I think I can do better. Or like, do you think this is like the it match? Right, because like, there's so many options because there's you pull up an app and you can swipe yeah. and get a date like same and day. It's, it's very it's prevalent in metropolitan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. super like prevalent in much metropolitan areas. I wouldn't say the same for suburbs, but yeah, you you see a wider array of options. It's like, you know, you go to the grocery store, you can buy any kind of vegetable, really. Like there's probably 50 varieties out there. That doesn't mean you like every type though. And it doesn't yeah. mean that every type is available for you. And I think that also goes back to the thing I was saying earlier in that people are not willing to, as willing to put the effort to make things work. If the shoe doesn't fit the immediate time, first time, it's almost like you need to let go of it and it's not it for you. When actuality, I think it's really about putting your priorities together because in any aspect of life, there are trade-offs. And I would say the same for relationships. You know, superficially, maybe you trade off humor for height. You know, I know some girls who really need like a really tall guy or some guys who really want like a more like standardized beauty look. Maybe there's a trade-off there. You know, you can't have, well, maybe you could, but I argue for the majority of us you can't have it all. And it's really about prioritizing what you desire most out of your relationship, your other person that you would like to grow with, and then being able to patch together the differences and expectation when they come. This is just, you know, my personal opinion, but I would love people to move past this superficial, what you see on the outside and really bond over like a true authentic connection. Yeah, And, you know, because again, everyone's going to, age and look different and yes looks are not for forever <laughs> right it's like you might meet someone in your 20s and they might look completely different 20 years mm-hmm. and I've I've seen that like I've seen people from my childhood I look the same and then they look completely different and yeah, I'm sure yeah. you right so it's just interesting because if you don't have that connection that's deeper than what you can see on the surface like mm-hmm. superficial things or height or or, or, um, or, or looks and that's not, that doesn't stay. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah, someone will, will stay tall forever, but you know, if you, if you really get the connection, right, that's long lasting. Yeah. I think oftentimes we might overlook incredible be- people because of different reasons, whether it's age or, 
or like race or upbringing or, mm -hmm. or like their profession, but you know, what really lasts, what really lasts forever is the connection. I was going to say, like, I think another good litmus test is why do you want someone who's tall or why do you want someone who's like you said, like maybe more cute or more attractive to you? Like, what is the reason behind that? And why would you want someone like who has a connection fit more or less? Like where you yourself stand. I think it's very much about building up your own self-awareness for why you desire the things you do and then implementing and executing upon that, which sounds more technical, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think about the relationship with yourself? You know, oftentimes they say that, you know, when you work on the relationship with yourself, it really um, improves the relationship with others. Yeah. This is something we discuss a lot in our Telegram group. It's very much like an open forum in terms of discussing relationships, uh, personal growth, and understanding yourself and your own, like how you love yourself, how you treat yourself, I think is almost number one. We cited a study a while ago and it was people who are happiest in the relationships are not just like the ones who found the perfect pair for them. They're actually the ones most content with themselves. So it's not even really about your partner. It's not dependent on the other person. It's very much dependent on you. And I think, you know, I think that's something we struggle with now. Social media has made it even more prevalent. I'm not saying it's the root cause, but I think it's made it more prevalent in terms of why maybe sometimes we're less satisfied with ourselves. Yeah, I mean, think people are presenting themselves as their inauthentic self. You see yes. like highly filtered photos, it's yeah. almost unrecognizable. It's like you meet them in person. They don't even look like their photos. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a friend who's a relationship coach and she uh, created a snippet that, you know, it's so important to be authentic, you know, in your profile because then you're a liar. If, you, if you're yeah. presenting yourself to the world right. and you're unrecognizable, like the, the other party is going to feel catfished and, mm -hmm. and you're going to be inauthentic to yourself. So yeah. really, you know, starting with, I guess, like one question I had for you was what's your advice for people who are single now? Because I think a lot of times while people are single, they try to go over the top. They try too hard to present this perfect image of themselves, but they're actually pushing people away. They're not able to attract authentic people because they haven't spent the time being authentic themselves. So what would be your advice to them? Yeah, I think. I think one, I definitely agree with your friend who says be genuine. I think another one is find what you really love about yourself and think about why someone else would also love you for that. I love that. I think, I think you should, you should at least have one thing you love about yourself. And I think that's really important. And that self-love is also an indicator of just, you know, expectations for yourself, you know, how you carry yourself. And I think someone who's confident, someone who's um, to a certain extent satisfied with certain aspects is very attractive for a lot of people it's just I think almost at that point like I would feel like an evolutionary thing we're just naturally attractive to more confident people um, and I think loving yourself builds upon that and you know if there's something that you're not satisfied with I would think about how you want to grow with it or how you would come to love it you know I, I know a lot of a lot of friends of mine actually who had like weight journeys, especially for men, less mm. self, like they're less self-conscious about body image because, you know, they're happier with the way they look bigger. 
or they're happier with the way they look leaner. And I think, you know, they put work into that. And I think that doesn't go unappreciated. Maybe somebody doesn't understand all the work that went into it, but they do see the output. And that's something that would make you more attractive, not just from the looks, but also the way you carry yourself and the way you talk about yourself. I think all of those exhibit, you know, a lot of internal work. And I think that's something important because you don't just go to a relationship looking to get something out of it. You need to think about where you're contributing to it as well. It sounds yes. transactional, but 100%. I would say it's yeah. very much, you know, that kind of balance, right? You don't just go to a relationship because you want, I don't know, like a 24-7 therapist or a 24-7 person to like cheer you up and pump you up. You go in because you want to grow together with this person and you enjoy their presence. Mm-hmm. You want to see them excel. You want them to see yourself excel. I think those are great, like just things to think about. I mean, I myself am working on this too, right? I'm not, I wouldn't say like next day I can land a guy or something. I am also working on it. And because like I'm working these through together, I would argue it's almost like I can give more real experience. Because I think someone who's been able right. to just stick together for a long time, I don't know if they necessarily have the same like grooves to like understanding the different niches and approaches and like what you see. Yeah. Well, what do you love about yourself? Um, I love mostly actually like how easily I laugh. I laugh. Well, the drawback is that I cry easily too. <laughs> I laugh really easily. So like when I meet someone funny, I like really stick to them. I find humor yeah. very attractive. So when I meet someone funny, I'm like, oh my God, yay. And then I like just spend more time because I think I mean, I, I enjoy laughing. I don't know someone who doesn't enjoy it, but yeah, I laugh super easily. So that's great. I'm sure people would love being around that. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm super easy. Like my audience, I'm yeah, I'm great for bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, sounds like you're building this really incredible community. So how, how can people join the DAO and how can people follow Mingle DAO? Yeah. So we are on Twitter, Instagram. We have our own website, uh, mingledow.com, and we have an application. You know, we love, it's a community kind of approach to it. So of course, you know, when we look at who wants to join events, it's very much a community approach in that everyone else who's also joining gets to kind of have a say. So that's the main aspect. We'd love to have people engaged more on socials in terms of like understanding where people feel unfulfilled in a community. Yeah, it's very much, I would argue, like community driven with still, I'm not going to say we're completely decentralized. We're not, you know, someone to like really execute on events. I don't think I could decentralize that. So that part (laughs) is decentralized. But yeah, we're obviously always looking. People can vote. People can vote opt into these events. So that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we're still building out the specific mechanisms, but, you know, these are things that we're putting in progress. We're learning as we go. And yeah, like, we're obviously excited to hear from everyone. We want to hear your woes. Um, We want to help. And we want to be there, you know, to grow our community and yeah, to learn together. Amazing. And what are some event listeners can look forward to? We're actually going to have a series of NFT events, actually. So NFT NYC is coming to New York next week. Yeah, if you're in town, come join yeah, I definitely would love to stop by. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Obviously. Mingle, ready to mingle. <laughs> so we'll have those. And then we, you know, for those based out of New York, 
we'll be launching a couple of larger scale events. We had a pretty big kind of, I would argue almost like giant pregame slash party uh, last week. And that was a really good kind of experience. And that was just at a bar we rented out. There's a variety of games. We had a partnership with Settle Asian Party. And that was just exciting. Uh, I would say keep on the lookout for more sexual wellness events for our ladies. We think it's very important. And then for the dudes, uh, some more bonding and, you know, getting to hear both sides of the perspective. Mm, that's great. And what's your advice to people who are just getting into Web3 and deciding, you know, should they join this DAO or start a DAO? Um, what would be some of your like lessons learned that you want to pass on? I think my first piece is that there is a lot of information, of people, of good and bad. <laughs> so like, I know, like, obviously, like we always say DYOR, but, um, and it's okay. I would say like, take it in seed. What you're most naturally attracted to, I think from the beginning is probably what's going to stick with you. Like I wouldn't force, like I have not, maybe this is a bad part of me. I haven't forced myself to completely learn all of the DeFi projects out there. I'm just not that naturally attracted. And I don't think like anyone should force themselves either because you'd probably get more experience and more enjoyment out of an initial wading into the pool by going with what you're most interested in. If DeFi is what you're absolutely interested in, like by all means, like you should go after it. But I think that'd be my first piece of advice because once you build like a good kind of internal relationship with crypto, like how you understand it, how you embrace it, how you implement it, I think you can branch from there. But when you're just getting started, I would definitely stick to what you're naturally attracted to so that you don't feel kind of alienated or you don't feel overburdened. Like you, yeah, it's too advanced or in some way. I felt that very easily when I looked at the different, you know, swapping mechanisms. And I think you should stick with what you're familiar with, then build out. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to learn all the things at one time. Yeah. You exactly. can, you know, of course, you know, there's NFTs, there's DAOs, there's layer ones, there's different blockchains. There's, you know, now, you know, DAOs are, you know, up and coming. Yeah, I know. So there's a whole world. <laughs> literally different verticals within Web3. And it can feel um, like a lot all at once, almost like a fire hose. Mm -hmm. So I like to advise, you know, if you're passionate about finance, you know, DeFi might be a good entry point. If you're, you know, into, you're building new technology, there are a lot of, you know, layer one platforms or decentralized mm -hmm. applications that you could potentially build, you know, for sure, for the community builders out there, DAOs are a perfect yes. fit. And, you know, for the artists, you know, clearly the creatives have flocked um, into NFTs and they've done mm -hmm. really well with some initial launches. So there's, there's kind of something for everyone. So I think what's really exciting is to, to see kind of a more diverse set of people um, get yeah. into Web3 and specifically to see, because leaders rise up and, yes. and to organize because um, really the, the whole goal is to create more freedom access and ownership and and to do this as a collective so i think it's really awesome that you're taking the initiative and that you and your co-founder are just trying to yeah make people feel less lonely give people a safe space to connect with each other and and to and you know i, I love you know that your mission is to you know build intimate you know friendships and make make memories together because yes, life is all yeah, like it's those memories that that can last forever. So um, just to end, you know, um, thank you so much for being part of this podcast for, 
being one of the first um, in, in season one. I want to hear, you know, what is your personal motto that you live by or a quote that inspires you that you want to leave with the listeners today? I think this is going to follow the theme, but just think about how people will remember you. Yeah. Wow. Think of how people <laughs> you. I have pretty good memory. So I'm always like, oh, I want to be aware of how others are. Yeah. I mean, that's your legacy, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> hopefully after this life, uh, you know, after we pass, or even if we were to move to a different city or a different neighborhood, it's like those people are going to remember you for something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's those connections that last forever. So yeah. I love that. I love that. Such a good perspective. So Thank wonderful you. to speak with you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to hear more about Mingle Dow all of your events, you know, definitely stop by and yes, come through. let some of my friends know who are ready to mingle. And um, yeah, definitely let us, let me know when you expand to Los Angeles. You know, yes, that's where I'm, I'm ready. Going. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, you're ready. Great. Awesome. So happy we got to chat, Victoria. And um, we'll definitely be following your journey. Mingledow.com. Thanks for joining us this week on season one of The Dow Factor. Follow The Dow Factor on Twitter and YouTube to watch videos of our podcast, where we'll be dropping a new video every week featuring key leaders of DAOs, community builders, and leaders in Web3.